tonight I have a message for you from the Lord. And I believe you will be blessed. Before we listen to the word, I want us to speak in tongues for one minute, just 60 seconds. Wherever you are, as you are seated, as the Holy Spirit prepares your heart for his word, just begin to speak in the language of the Spirit. The Bible said that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. He charges his spirit man. You've been through the day. A lot of things are hanging on your soul. A lot of information that is not relevant to the kingdom of God. You want to purge your spirit man. You want to uh, make your spirit sensitive to the word of God. Iprado sifranda sakapara mashada daraba ipalorama sikaparama mashadaba ibrando refesene meneme kaparianda daraba charge your spirit man makada bizuka banama ibranda rama mazini minimini kapa la parama mazini minimini ha ipala pala pa ipalo rama masadaba Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Ramama sedebebe, rapa paramama zene mene mene mene. Inda ramama, laka paramama, yada dada daba. In paramama shanda daba. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh God, ramama sedebe, i paramama masadaba. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Marababa shadaba, librando rafisa, librando ramasanda, la prandere bezuni mene 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 kapa. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Iparamama shada balaba, ramama zini mini 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 kapa, labaramama zini mini 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 kapa, labaramama zana manama, lebranda ramama zini mini 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 kapa, labaramama zana manama, lebaramama shada ba, inda baramama zini mini 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 kapa, labaramama zini mini mini ya, ibarabala balibili biarabala, ramama zene mene me, rababaramama zene mene mene me, rababaramama zana ma. Rama barama mazene mene mekapa la barama mashana ma ya rama mashana balaba inda rama balaba rama mana mazene mene mene mekapa la baraba mazene mene mekapa Father, thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help me sing this song, Wunchainara. Let's sing, let's sing that song. Yes. Yeah, just singing. Yes, Lord. Just close your eyes and lavish some love of Jesus Christ. Empty your heart, free your soul, free your spirit, worship the Lord. Open your mouth and sing the song. <speaking in Spanish> 
Just kneel down. If you feel like lying prostrate, just lie prostrate. Let the Lord know that you depend on Him. Let Jesus know that without Him you have nobody.
Oh, befriend, say, oh, danger, danger, oh, soon, soon, oh, 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 of your understanding that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart tonight. Jeremiah 3.15 The Bible says And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. Praise the Lord. Put your right hand on your chest. Say this after me. Say, God, speak to me. Say, Lord, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Now, tonight, I'm going to continue what we started um, some weeks back. Um, something I've entitled, How to Be a Good Shepherd. And uh, I'm talking about, yes. I'm talking about 12 signs of a good shepherd. 12 signs of a good shepherd. I have said here countless times that God's system of governance is clear. In scripture, in Luke chapter 19, verses 10, the Bible tells us the objective and the mission of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That obviously it was the mission statement of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, this means that if Jesus came to seek and to save the lost and we are followers of Jesus Christ, then our chief business should be to seek and to save the lost. And that's why in Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20, the Lord expressly before he left the, the face of the earth gave us the mandate which we call the Great Commission. And let me be quick to add that the Great Commission was not given to a special group of people. The Great Commission was given to all that will come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Great Commission is a commission for you and I. I believe that any church that has Jesus as the focus, the driving force of that church will, will take the Great Commission very seriously. A great man of God said that any church that has no business with soul winning, soul retention, church planting, and church growth has no business in existing. And that's a very strong statement. Now, having known the mind of God in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, and having known the objective of his son Jesus Christ to seek and save the lost. And having known our responsibility as people that have been given the mandate to seek, to save, to establish, and to translate that um, soul to become also a soul winner. We need to understand how we ought to go about it. Hallelujah. I said that our responsibility, number one, is to seek, is to save, is to establish. Number four, is to translate the soul we have won into a soul winner. It means that in these four dimensions, unless the soul we have won also becomes a soul winner, the Great Commission has not been fully actualized. And this is something that every church must come to understand. That it is our responsibility, one, to seek, two, to save, three, to establish and four, to translate. Translation means that you are turning the soul into a soul winner. Until the saved soul becomes a soul winner, that soul has not given the true value of salvation back to Jesus Christ. So we are saved to save others. And that's God's expectation on us. Are you here with me at all? So, as we talk about matters of shepherding and matters of the Great Commission, we are not saying anything strange. We are actually deliberating on how we can effectively carry out the work which the Lord has placed in our hands. And the work which we will account for ultimately um, when the days come to an end. Praise the Lord. 
Now, in Matthew chapter 10 verse 16, Jesus said this. He said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And some weeks back, we explained this, um, this whole scripture together with uh, some panelists. The first thing I want you to keep in your mind always is that the Christian is a saint person. The Christian is a saint person. So the moment you become born again and you are established in a church, you have to understand that um, God's expectation of you is to go. The, 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 the biggest word in the Great Commission is the word go. Is the word go. So we have been saved but we have been sent. Praise the Lord Jesus. And we have to be very conscious of this assignment, the fact that Jesus has sent us. Now, another thing that as leaders and as Christians, we need to really take very serious is the fact that we, um, we are serving Jesus in two dimensions. He is our savior, meaning that he gave his life up for us. He was the only one who had the capacity to save us. So he is our savior. But then the Bible also expressly makes it so clear to us that besides being our savior, Jesus is our Lord. The word Lord is the same word master. And it means that Jesus is someone that commands and instructs. Praise the Lord. And when we accept Jesus, we accept him in two dimensions. We accept him as Lord and we accept him as Savior. We cannot separate his salvation from his Lordship. Many a time we are excited to be saved, but we forget that he is one that lords over us. Praise the Lord. And Jesus is Lord because of his instructions, his commands. When we say a master, a master is identified by his instructions, his commands. That's what makes one a master. So our ability to comply to his instructions at every dimension is an indication of our, sub, our total submission to his lordship. You can have him as savior and yet you have rejected him as lord. And one of the things that I learned very early in my Christian life is that um, Jesus will either have all or have none. He's not a God that is coming into your life to have an aspect of your life so that you will keep an aspect of your life. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. He said, the life I now live is no more I, but Christ who live in me. Praise the Lord Jesus. So the moment we accept Jesus Christ, we have accepted his lordship. 
that means that we have submitted our will to his will remember in the in the garden of gethsemane he did the same thing when he accepted the instruction of his father he had to um, exchange his will for the will of god and that will of god was for him to die on the cross Praise the Lord. So we are here talking about shepherding, talking about the will of God, talking about um, the church because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Now, in John chapter 10 verses 11, we are exposed to the ultimate work of Jesus Christ. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. So, Jesus refers to himself as a shepherd. Praise the Lord Jesus. The people called him rabbi. The people called him prophet. The people called him miracle worker. But he called himself the good shepherd. And that is to say that as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we should be excited to carry the title of shepherd. Because that's what Jesus identified himself with. He identified himself with shepherding. Say, I am a shepherd. Say, I'm a shepherd. Now, in John chapter 10, verse 11, by Jesus saying, I'm a good shepherd, he's trying to help us understand that shepherding is in different levels. So, it means that they are average shepherds. They are bad shepherds. And of course, they are good shepherds. Praise the Lord. But all of us can become good shepherds. We can all become good shepherds if we apply ourselves to the word of God, to the expectation of Jesus Christ, and to the training that makes people good shepherds. But we first need to appreciate where we are in this whole shepherding work. You ask yourself a genuine question. Am I a good shepherd? Am I an average shepherd? Am I a bad shepherd? Your ability to know where you are is what will facilitate where you need to be. Now, let us look at the 12 signs of a good shepherd. We've talked about three in the past, so I'll just run through it. 12 signs of a good shepherd. It's very important for us to quickly align with the work of shepherding and let us also embrace the fact that ministry is work hallelujah ministry is not a leisure it is not a luxury ministry is work and trust me ministry is hard work hallelujah ministry is hard work you know, yesterday I visited a pastor and we're having a conversation and, you know, 
I was telling the pastor about an experience I had on uh, some weeks back. I was preaching. And while I was preaching the word of God, I suddenly felt dizzy. Now, when I felt dizzy, I tried to move and I staggered. So I paused for a while. Thankfully for me, the service was coming to an end. So I wrapped up and I went inside. And I realized that when I went inside, I couldn't pull myself up again. Are you here with me at all? I couldn't, pull, I couldn't lift myself off the seat. It, it almost seemed as if I had become immobilized just within a short time. Then I began to sweat. Then mommy called uh, someone to, you know, come and take my vitals and so on and so forth. And then when the person did their vitals and all, he said, no, there's no malaria in your blood. There's, there's no sickness. But then your immune system is totally down. But then with, when I spoke with a few other medical people, um, they said that it is accumulated stress. It's called fatigue. Now, this kind of fatigue, you know, this stress and so on and so forth is coming as a result of ministry work. Because when you are involved in ministry, I mean, the pastor was also telling me how it is that for about um, two months, he was not able to go to church. And the doctors told him to sit back and take a rest. Are you here with me at all? Ministry is hard work. I'm telling you. It's, it's a labor. And for those of us involved in ministry, those of us here, the pastors, the uh, PUTs, the shepherds, you can't lie to yourself that this thing is not, is not hard. It's hard work. Praise the Lord. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work. You know, yesterday, a, a big man of God, um, uh, Bishop Matthew Adimensa, just drove by. Was it yesterday? Thursday. He just drove by. I had a conversation with him on phone. And um, he asked me how I was faring. I said, oh, I'm okay. But he said it didn't sit well with him. So for the first time, he just drove to my home. He came here first. He said, where is Randy? I was very surprised. And they told him I'm home. And he said, no, he needs to. Then he came to my home. He said, where is anointing oil? Then he laid hands on me, poured oil on me, prayed. And, and then he began to talk to me. Yes, he began to talk to me. Now, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit just prompted him to come and take that prophetic action. But what I'm telling you is that ministry work is hard work. I'm telling you. And you see, we are not in it because it is easy. I want you to understand that, look, when you get into ministry work and you begin to complain that this thing is hard, it's, it's almost as if you thought that it's like a seesaw up and down or is, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. The work is hard work. Say hard work. Say hard work. Say hard work. It's hard work. Mobilization is hard work. Even bursting is hard work. Prayer is hard work. I'm telling you, prayer is hard work. 
You feel it. When you finish praying, you feel it in your body. Praise the Lord. Fasting is hard work. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thinking is hard work. Sometimes you are strategizing. How can we do this? How can we do that? The demands of the work. The demands of the work. Sometimes certain things you are supposed to do, you are not able to do it. That The weight of that alone can knock you out. Are you here with me at all? You see, that's why we need constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you just run away. <laughs> Amen. Oh, yes. I've, I've been in ministry for some years. I've seen how people have run away with one excuse or the other. But you can see that it's running away. It's just the people are just running away. If you want to do correct ministry, you know, there is correct ministry. That's, uh, you know, the narrow way. Going by the rudiments of Jesus Christ. Going through, uh, you know, evangelism. So winning. If you want to have a fanfare ministry, it's not that difficult. You know, a prophet in town, very big prophet in town called me. I told you this story. Um, even when I was in office, he, he called the archbishop. The archbishop spoke to me. He called Reverend Eastwood. And uh, this great man of God told me, he said, look, I've been a prophet most of my life. I travel. He said, I go to the U.S. on Monday. I come back uh, Saturday evening every, every week. And I come to preach in my church in Ghana. I go back every Monday. And he said, look, I, the Lord spoke to me to call you to come and help my church in the area of soul winning evangelism because the Lord is telling me that I need to come back to the real work I need to come back to the real work praise the Lord Jesus he said we, we have deviated from the work God is telling me he said I have many I have many things but I need what you have I need what you have. You see, we, we are doing these things, having LCN. We may think that it's not so valuable, but trust me, you see, this is the real work. This is the real work. It can be something else. It can be a fanfare where people come here and we are doing all kind of things. A lot of, you know, and you will be excited. But you see, in the eyes of God, it will not be pleasing to God. You know, Bishop, Dagiwad Mill said um, one time he was doing ministry, he was doing ministry, he was doing ministry, and the Lord showed him a revelation. And um, he saw feces. Right? And he asked the Lord, what is this? And he said, this is how the work you are doing looks, looks like before me. This is how the work, the, all the work you are doing, this is how it looks like. Hallelujah. He said from that time onwards, he began to go deep, you know, go deep into rural work, rural evangelism, church planting, church establishment, and so on and so forth. So, beloved, there's a work that we are supposed to do. And the work is hard work. It takes a toll on you. When you choose the right path, it's a lonely path. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to help you appreciate why you feel the way you are feeling. 
But the reward to this work is immeasurable. Trust me. David said, I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaking, nor his seed begging for bread. So as we labor in shepherding, church planting, mobilization, Bible said that Paul planted Apollos watered. They were not jumping and receiving. They were planting. They were watering. Hallelujah. He didn't say Paul jump and receive. Apollos jump and receive. They planted. They watered. That's work. But Bible said then God gave the increase. May God give you increase in your labor. I said, may God give you increase in your labor. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, he's the good shepherd. And we are trying to find a way to become good shepherds like Jesus Christ. I've said it here, everybody is a shepherd. Everybody is a shepherd. If you're a father of children, you're a shepherd. God doesn't see you necessarily as a father. He sees you more as a shepherd. Because those children are not for you. You are just a steward over the children. They are the flock of almighty God. That's why every man is first a priest in his, in his house. Before a daddy. But you are first a priest. So shepherding is God's ideal system of governance. Now, the first sign of a good shepherd is that a good shepherd leads the sheep. Say a good shepherd leads the sheep. What God is expecting us to do is to lead. John chapter 10 verse 3. Bible says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. What God wants all of us to do is to become leaders immediately. To become leaders immediately. You know, uh, Lauren came to me the, the other time and he said, um, Daddy, I want to plant a church. And I said, no, you are too young. You are too young. You can't. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not too young. Every day he said, I'm too young. I'm not too young. And I said, my friend, <laughs> those planting crown, some of them, some of them want to run away. He said, you know. And I said, look, when you grow, he said, no. No, I want to plant a church now. I want to be a shepherd. And I said, why do you want to be a shepherd? He said, I've been a sheep for too long. I've been a sheep for too long. So imagine that this nine-year-old is tired of being a sheep. But you are 30 years, 35, you are not tired of being a sheep. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you are not tired. You see, you are, you are, when are you going to take up the responsibility of leadership? A good shepherd leads the sheep. Leads the sheep. Praise the Lord Jesus. So in church, there are those that want to be led always and there are those that want to take up the responsibility of leading. A good shepherd will always look for an opportunity to lead. A good shepherd leads. So, a good shepherd is, ex is excited about leadership opportunities. Responsibility. Hallelujah. 
And in this sense, as a shepherd, to lead means to be practically available for others so that others will know what they have to do concerning the will of God for their lives. Being available for others. Giving your life to others. Remember the Bible said that the good shepherd gives his life for others. So if you're a good shepherd, you give your life. You become available. You try to get into the lives of others. You are helping others to be prayerful. You are helping others to read their Bible. You are helping others to fulfill the great commission. Praise the Lord Jesus. Say, I don't want to be a sheep anymore. Say, I don't want to be a sheep anymore. It's so nice to be a leader. Hallelujah. It's so nice to be a leader. That is what God expects us to do. To be leaders. And being a leader means to become available so that others can learn from you. To be a leader also means to become an example for others to follow. 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 You see, the truth of the matter is that this whole world is in gross darkness. People do not know what they, they, they have to do with their lives. Because leaders are not emerging from the church of God. When you go to your workplaces, it's like, um, you know, everybody doesn't know who to follow. Because nobody has really stood out as a leader. The world is in dying need of leaders. So to be a leader means to be the example. The example in prayer. The example in fasting. The example in giving. The example so that others can become like you. The reason why God is raising you up is so that he will use you as a point of contact to raise others. Listen to me. If you're a Christian and you look back and nobody is following you, you are not leading. God's investment in you is wasting. God will always start with one person. But his intention is for that one person to raise others. Praise the Lord Jesus. Jesus picked out 12 people but at the end of the day 3,000 people were added because the 12 had the responsibility to raise 3,000 of their kind. Are you here with me at all? Who are you leading towards the things of righteousness? Who are you leading? Who have you brought into Christ? Who have you established? Who are you feeding with the word of God? Who are you raising up? That is God's expectation of us. To be leaders. Hallelujah. God raised one man, Adam. And after that, the Bible said, God rested. Adam has raised all of us. And he keeps raising all of us. So who are you raising? That's leadership. Luke 11.1 1. 
Bible says one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Listen to me. Leadership as a shepherd is practical. You lead by example. Not by instruction. You lead by what? Example. The best way to lead as a shepherd is to lead by example. You can be a shepherd who is leading by instruction. That's not the ideal model for leadership for the shepherd. Jesus did not tell them, go and pray. The Bible said that they saw him praying. And when he finished, that means that Jesus positioned himself in a place where they would see him praying. It was intentional. Jesus wasn't hiding his prayer life from them. It was Mark that said that early in the morning, Jesus will rise up, go to a secret place and pray. It was Mark who said that. Mark 1.35. It means that where Jesus was praying and where they were sleeping, the distance was not too far. Because Jesus wanted them to see that a leader must pray. So your followers must see. Listen, if you're a leader, your followers must see that you are giving. That's the only way they can learn and appreciate the essence of giving. Don't hide it. Hallelujah. If you are praying, don't hide it. When I'm praying in my home, I don't hide it. I pray, I burst out in prayer. If I'm crying in prayer in my home, I don't hide it. That's the best way to lead by example. When I'm reading the Bible, I don't hide it. So as a shepherd, if your sheep, for example, we are are having Lambano, your sheep comes on, you are not there. It's difficult for you to encourage your sheep to pray. Because sheep, they learn best by example. Hallelujah. You are are a shepherd, you are not paying your tithe. The, the, The people you are leading, they will never pay their tithe. Why? Because they are looking at your example far more than your instruction. You know, children, they don't learn by what you say. They learn by what you do. So the fastest way to lead people is to become an example to them. Hallelujah. And anytime you fail to do, you have failed to lead. Never underestimate your action. You cannot say my children should go to church and you are home. They will come to church but their hearts will not be in church. They will grow up and do the same thing they saw you doing. Action is more powerful than instruction. Hallelujah. So, lead by example. If you want your sheep to come to church early, you yourself must come to church early. Write this down. Don't be an armchair shepherd. Don't be an armchair shepherd. An armchair shepherd is someone who doesn't participate in anything 
but expect the sheep to participate in it. Don't be an armchair shepherd. Number two, participate in anything you want the sheep to participate in. If you want the people to sing, you must sing. If you want the people to pray, you must pray. If you want the people to fast, you must fast. You know, I was having a conversation with somebody and I, I asked the person, I said, oh, I knew that you came from a certain church before you joined us and we, we have completed our 21 day fast and um, how was the fast? Because I'm sure that because you came from a prophetic church, you are used to fasting. And he said, man of God, no, that's not, that's not it. In my former church, you know, the, the pastor would declare the fast but he himself will not fast. And because some of us were close to him, it didn't motivate us to fast. So this is my first time I'm doing a 21-day fast. And I said, wow. The pastor will declare a fast. And he will go inside <laughs> and eat. You see, her faith was damaged because a shepherd said one thing and did another thing. Be an example. Praise the Lord. Write this down. Don't send them. Go with them. Write it down. Don't send them. Go with them. Don't send them. Go with them. If you're a shepherd, you have a flock, you're a leader, you have followers, you have been given a, a certain position in the church, don't send them. Go with them. Write this also. As a leader, a shepherd, it is important for you to have a tithe card. It is important for you to have a tithe card. It is important for you to have a tithe card. There are things that are very powerful. You know, you can pay your tithe by Momo. But the reason why we as a church, we have produced tithe cards is that, you see, it's not just about the action. It's not just about, you know, the art of sending your tithe by Momo, but it's about having something to, like a symbolism of what you believe. It is more powerful that your children will see a tithe card in, on the dining table than for you to tell them, honor the Lord with your tithe. You see, the evidence of having a tithe card is too glaring. Imagine you come to church, you pick your tithe card from there. People see you holding a tithe card. You place it in your car. You start your... You see, that tithe card is a powerful visual in the minds of people. Hallelujah. It's like a Bible. These days, we don't carry Bibles. But... I mean, in the past, when you're going to church, the Bible in the hand of someone going to, makes a big statement than the walking, the galleys the person is doing. So as a leader, it's important for you to have a tithe cap. Why? You are trying to tell the followers, the sheep, it, tithing is important. This is my tithe cap. 
Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds. Good deeds are not intended to be hidden. Bible says, no one lights a candle and put it under a bushel. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yes. Praise the Lord Jesus. It's about time we led by example. We show our leadership by example. You see, when we do that, we stir a whole generation onto the path of righteousness. Praise the Lord. When you do good things in the house of God, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. Paul said, I will boast, but I will boast in Christ. Be proud about the good things you are doing. Because you never know. That's somebody's only Bible. That's somebody's only inspiration. To continue in the ways of righteousness. So own a tight car. Be, be, be so proud that you have a tight car. Unapologetic. You know, there's this, um, there's this man that is so appreciated everywhere in this country. Um, seen as a rich man. Um, uh, they call him Cheddar. You know, he owns the Usu. Uh, something. It's, it's, it's a hotel. Something, something. Amen. And he always portrays himself as a very rich man. Of course, he has the money. If he didn't, he won't, he won't come and portray himself like that. If you don't have money, it's difficult to portray as a rich man. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fake riches. It's something that, one of the things, is very hard to fake and sustain. Because when hunger strikes, you know that this thing is not... Is not <laughs> wow, you will give up. You, you will stop what you are trying to do. You know, and one day, you know, uh, Bolare went to his home. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm still talking about shepherding. Bolare went to his home to, um, to unveil his wealth. So they were showing his vehicles. You know, this is why many of the young people have an appetite to want to do everything to become rich. Why? This is what they are being shown. You see, there's a void in the things of righteousness. Nobody's showing the things of righteousness. It's like everybody's hiding that. But people are promoting all kinds of things. So they were showing his vehicles, Lamborghini, this, that, that, this, that, that. His house, they were showing, he was telling the value of his sofas and things like that. Where he bought this from Paris, bought this from. Suddenly, you begin to want to, you know, also attain that level. But as they were interviewing him, he asked him, what's the secret of your riches? And then the, I mean, all, people don't expect that he will say that because usually he's, uh, you know, he's seen in a certain way. He said, the secret of my wealth is tithing. He said, I'm a strong tither. Yes. And I felt so, you know, I, I felt that, wow, this is it. Because he has been given a, a very privileged opportunity. And he has routed everybody who aspires to be like him back into the kingdom of God. That is the value of our promotions in God's kingdom. 
He said, I'm a tither. And he said, do you know what? I even bought a university for a church. And this was a time where people were, you know, people were bashing the church. The church has done this. The church has done that. And this person who is not even identified as, you know, a church person. People don't know that he's a church person. He came out. He said, look, this is my secret. I bought a whole university. I asked my pastor, why don't we have a university as a church? My pastor said, well, I don't, I have never thought about it. He said, well, I've seen a university. It's called, called Pan-Africa University. I'm buying the university, the property, the land, everything. It is in the name of the church. He said, this is my secret. People see that I have wealth, but this is my secret. That is leadership. By that statement, he has made people understand effortlessly that wealth is an entrustment. It's a stewardship and it has a purpose and an assignment. And the assignment of wealth is only purposeful when it is advancing the kingdom of God. Don't be ashamed to showcase the good things you are doing in the house of God. There's no shame. There's no shame. Praise the Lord Jesus. There's no shame. So own a tight card. Tell your neighbor, own a tight card. Yes, own a tight card. Don't be putting your tithe in a white envelope and dropping it sanctimoniously. You see, when you do that, you are trying to let, you see, you are trying to make it look like it's not important. It's not important. There are little things that we do that denigrate great things that God is doing. Own a tithe card. Praise the Lord Jesus. Number two, as a shepherd, it's important to take your offering seriously. Offering seriously. You are leading the sheep. When a person gets born again and is saved, one of the things that they must know is that they must come to the place of understanding the kingdom culture. We are a peculiar people. Giving is part of our calling. Today we have many Christians who don't give. In fact, giving is not important to them. Giving is not major to them. It is because the examples of giving are few. Are you here with me at all? Yeah. It's not known. Even people's attitude towards giving in church, it, it makes it look like it's not a big deal. When people are walking forward to give, it's almost like they are shy. When you call people to come and give, it's almost like people wait, uh, people wait, uh, everybody will go before. So the whole thing looks like the thing is bad. But let them launch something. The Asa is like some big people dancing. <laughs> you see corporate organizations standing out, associating with the Asa. It's like they want to be known as those people sponsoring. So you see, people grow up and they, 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 don't, they, they think that giving in God's house is not important. Solomon made a public show of his giving. Everybody saw the 1,000 bulls. He placed it on the altar visibly. 
That was how a generation rose and they decided to be givers in God's kingdom. Solomon led by example. He said, don't light a candle and put it under a bushel. If your followers don't know that you are a giver, I'm telling you, you are not raising them well. It is important to give your offerings. And it is important to give them unapologetically. You know, I'm leading the white church now and I have meetings with them and I told them, look, we are ranking you on attendance. Everybody is excited. Attendance, attendance. But we need to start ranking you on giving. So I, I created a rank on giving. Best giving church. Because, and then after the Sunday, we do creative artworks. Praise the Lord Jesus. To, to show the church that is serious. Bible said Jesus was standing at the treasury and people were giving and he was looking at everybody's giving. If they, if they held the money in their hand this way, as you do it always, like, it's difficult for me to see your giving. But in the day of Jesus, it was not difficult to see their giving. It means that they were not giving offering like the way we are giving offering, covering our money as if what we are doing is bad. Are you here with me at all? Bible said Jesus gave, so he was standing by the offering box. He saw everybody's giving until he saw the widow who gave his last night. Some people take the offering, fold it like this, like they're a boxer or something. <laughs> when they are counting the offering, when they take some people's offering, you see that the offering is tired. It's like the offering is saying, Ah, Miko Hokoye Day, Miko. Nipebiwa, Ukon in Taya, Uhotro, Uyeskana Ukon, Uhotro. You see, that's why some people, money doesn't come to you uh, often because the way you depress money, you compress money, you abuse money, you violate money, you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. An example in offering, you are a leader, you are a pastor, you are a PUT, you are a shepherd. Your sheep is watching you. They are watching you. You've told them all the good things about Jesus Christ, all the good things about the church, and all of that. They come to church, they are watching you. Praise the Lord. They, they call for offerings, and you are sitting down. And what, what you know, sometimes I look at some people and say, hey, you know, some people can even, it's like, they, they will never come and give. But as the people are coming to give, then they will, they will do like this. They, they have, they are, they, what they have is what? Spiritual equity. So they are blessing the, the givers. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, don't be like that. Be an example. Be an example. If you're a leader, you don't have a tithe car, get one. When you are coming to church, hold it, flaunt it. Don't hide it. When you are giving offering in church, don't, don't, it's like the next person sitting by you cannot even see your offering. I don't know, I don't know. 
It's so difficult. Hallelujah. But prepare the offering. Don't come and give God an offering casually. Prepare. Prepare. The Bible said that let everyone that wants to give purpose in their hearts. Purpose in your heart. You know today is a service day. You see, giving is not an after. It should never be an afterthought. Also, offering is... Hey, you see, when you do that, the offering is not... You see, you, you, there's no reverence in the giving. The giving has become an afterthought. You prepare your offering. You prepare your offering. In those days in the Old Testament, the offerings have specification. God gives requirements. Bible said that Abel gave an offering and he pleased the Lord. And God blessed him because God was pleased with him and his offering. That means that he's different from his offering. And Cain gave an offering. And the Bible said that and, and God was displeased with Cain's offering. Because Abel approached offering with us. Now Abel became an example to all of us. Because he didn't give an offering secretly. In fact, the items he gave as offering was openly stated in the Bible. The Bible says he gave the firstlings of his sheep. Everything he gave as an offering was stated in the Bible. If it wasn't important, God would not reveal it to Moses. Are you following me at all? So don't be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. People are not ashamed. People are not ashamed. People are not ashamed. But you hardly talk about your tithing in church as a leader. In your conversations, you never mention it. You never. As if it's an abomination. You know, a pastor told me, he said, look, if you, if you produce a Christian magazine, nobody will sponsor because nobody likes to. I said, how did we get here? Now we need to change the narrative. Praise the Lord. We need to change the narrative. That's why people come, you know, when a church prospers, people say, well, um, what, why is the church prospering? Why is the church prospering? Where did they get the money from? Do you get it? Where did they get the money from? Why is the church building so big? Why is the pastor driving a car? Where did they get the money from? Do you know what they are telling you? Because you have told them so many years that church people are poor people and they have believed it. So now, when God blesses the people in the church, the world fights the blessing. Because they can't just accept the fact that what a church a church can have money a church can have rich people that's how they came up with this phrase as poor as a church mouse as poor as a church mouse are you here with me at all because we hide our giving but if Indomie company has money, nobody has a problem. 
Because Indomie must have money. The workers of Indomie must drive a car. The workers of Puga's furniture must drive a car. The, work, the MD of insurance company that sells funeral insurance must drive a car. No problem. But the church must be broke. We must change that narrative. Are you here with me at all? We must stop carrying ourselves like some broke, ableist, hopeless people. Say, I'll lead by example. So when it's time for offering, don't hide. Don't make it look like you are going to do a bad thing. Be confident. In going forward to give your offering, be confident. When they call for an offering, when a man of God calls for an offering, don't wait for everybody to get up. When you know you have it, are you hearing what I'm saying? You are making people who don't even have it now feel like it's not important. When they have it, they will behave the same way. Lead by example. Always be the first. I've always said that anywhere I go, if, it, if the church needs something, I'll be the first to provide. I'll be the first. I will be the first. A shepherd must be an example. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me give you this scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord. Exodus 36, 3 to 6. Exodus 36, 3 to 6. I saw something very interesting. Certain things have changed in our church today. I saw something very interesting. Now, this is when God told Moses to tell the church, the people of God, to give towards the advancement of the work of God. Now, when God gave that instruction, Moses went to tell the people that God says everybody should bring an offering. And the Bible says that, look, they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. Moses gave an instruction. God has a project he wants to execute. Now listen to me. And God in his wisdom said, I want to do something in the earth realm. However, though I am God, I want you people to finance it. When Moses made the announcement, the people began to act in a certain way. The Bible said, uh, they began to give free will offerings morning after morning. That means that these people, they were giving offering every single morning. We are giving offerings Sunday after Sunday. This is the, the church. This is the shadow. 
This is not the main church. This is the shadow. This is the Old Testament church. This was the church that was imperfect. For which reason Jesus came to give us the original church. And even as the shadow, the Bible said the people were giving morning after morning. And their offerings were free will. Meaning that there was nobody with a microphone saying that offering time, blessing time. The people heard once, God needs resources. And the people by themselves decided every morning we will give to God. What kind of people are these? Look at it. Let's go forward. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing. The workers, the church workers, they stopped working. And they came to Moses. And they said, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord. Commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order. And they send this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. In the days of Moses, they stopped people from giving offering. The pastor literally had to beg. It's okay. The Bible said Moses gave an order. He had to make it a command. He had to make it an authority note. If you don't know and you give and we catch you, we will punish you. He said we have more than enough. Praise the Lord Jesus. We have more than enough. Today, the pastor has to beg the members to give. In the days of Moses, the pastor stopped them. Say, your giving is too much. Can there be something called too much giving? He said, what we have received, because every morning they will come. Every morning. An example of giving. Praise the Lord Jesus. An example. Something has gone wrong along the line. But we must correct the error. People's hearts were fixated on the church of God. If the church needs it, I'm going to give till the church says enough is enough. That's the heart of giving. Until the church say, I don't need it, I will keep giving. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Never get to the place where you are begged to give. Everybody that walked with God, that became great, had a personal revelation about giving concerning the church. Never get to the place where you are begged. Be an example. Be an example. Let it be said that this one is a giver. Let it be said. Let it be said. Hallelujah. Let it be said. Let it be said. 
we must make the kingdom of God appealing. You see, we have read about the people in Exodus. And that's why we have a true picture or an example to follow. But today, we are seeing something else. Why? There must be a rise of people who would also say, it is my birthday. I am building a church for God. Media people cover it. Where are those people? So you see that Christians will also be blessed by God. And I'm sure many of you, when you saw those videos, you told yourself, me, when I get money, pa, me too, I will do, I will do some. I'm tempted. I will do some because you are not finding the patterns. Where are the pat where are the patriarchs? Where are the patriarchs of giving in the church of God? They are not rising up. Who are we looking up to? Who are we looking up to? Abraham was such a patriarch in giving, a blueprint of giving. He gave so much that he could give his son to God. Hannah was such an image of giving for women to the point that the child that she was looking for to give her a delight, when she went before the altar, she said to God, I will give my son to you. She pioneered the dimension of dedicating your son to God. Giving your son as an offering to God. It was a woman that pioneered that dimension. Someone always needs to take the step for the rest to follow. It was John D. Rockefeller that pioneered the giving dimension in entrepreneurship. It was R.G. Letenor who gave tithe of up to 90%. Up to, he went to church and they said they should give 10%. And he said, I'm going to set a new strain in order. This guy lived in the 18th century. I'm talking about him 200 years after in my church. Who will become that example for generations? That the businessman gave 90% to the church and still in America, he was the richest man in his generation, living on 10%. But today, where are the examples? Clearly, if you ask me in Ghana, where are the examples? You can't find them. If you want to find examples in futility, you find many. We need to rise up. We need to do what? Rise up again. Mary Magdalene broke her alabaster box of oil openly until Judas looked at her and said, This perfume is too expensive. Openly. It became a pattern of giving for the people in her era that expensive things are supposed to be given to the Lord. If you keep flashing this one city, one city, what you are doing is not, I mean for you that's it, but what you are doing is you are, you, are, you are telling a generation that all that God deserves is one city. Are you following me at all? What will you do differently? What would you do differently? You need to set an example. I believe that all of us learn from each other in a certain way. There are people that challenge you in certain, certain ways. Because they don't, they don't hide these things. They do them openly. 
Praise the Lord Jesus. Tell yourself, you will do great, you will do great things for God openly. Openly. Generations will come and meet the record. The record. It was on record. Solomon gave a thousand bent offering to God. It was on record. Hallelujah. Say, I will do great things for God. Say, I will do great things for God. Say, I will do great things for God. Be an example. Be an example. Number two, a good shepherd knows their sheep by name. We talked about that. I've said that if you're a shepherd, that's John chapter 10 verse 3. If you're a shepherd, don't call people by their nicknames. There was a lady I met in Sola. I asked, what is your name? They said her name is Gunshot. Okay. No. So you see, over and over, over time, it becomes her name. And you realize that her actual name, nobody knows. God knows us by our name. So as shepherds, we should refer to people by their names. A shepherd must know the name of every sheep. Research says that every person has the capacity to retain the name of 70 people in their mind. So your fellowship is not that big. Your cell is not that big. Stop calling people, uh, you cry, what is your name? Call people by their names. That's a good shepherd. Put your hands together for Jesus. And people feel more appreciated and loved when they are called by their name. Are you here with me at all? Yeah, people feel appreciated and loved. And they, they, they don't feel like they are just a statistic. They, they know that you know them and you appreciate them. Even if the people are new and you are about to talk to them and you don't know their name, it's better to find out from somebody if you're a pastor. Sometimes it's even nicer to meet the person for the first I mention their name rather than, uh, oh, okay, so what's your name? That format is too old. Try and find out their name. Greet them by their name. The effort you went through to know their name will let them know that you are a true shepherd and you care. Number three, a good shepherd is known by the sheep. John chapter 10 verse 4 to 5, I said that you must make yourself available. A leader must make himself available. You must be accessible. You must be known. Praise the Lord. You must be accessible. You know, the Lord put something on my heart. And I'm going to start, uh, God willing, this Monday, uh, Monday or so. So on Mondays, I'm going to bring all the PPCs. PPCs are pastors, PUTs, and church planters. I'm going to bring them together here in church. We'll pray. We call it uh, times of refreshing. T-O-R, times of refreshing. We are going to pray from 12 to 5 p.m. in the presence of God, just praying and lying in the presence of God. And then at 6 p.m., I'm going to have dinner with all of them. Yes, I'm going to have dinner. Every Monday, I'm going to have dinner in my home, set a big table, you know, sit down, we eat and we talk. When I said the prayer, nobody clapped. When I said the dinner... 
darkness. Some people wish it was just then and no prayer. Hallelujah. But it's going to be one of the most powerful moments uh, in, in, in our ministry uh, where people are going to have an, a, you know, a very great environment. You know, we are eating and talking about the ministry work. Amen. So get, get ready for times of refreshing. Yes, get ready for times of refreshing. We're going to have a great time. Amen. And in those meetings, you ask questions. You get to know me more. You get to know um, everything. We talk about the ministry, the work. Because as for the work, we will do it. Amen. Yes, we will do it. Whether you like it or yes, we, the work, we are here to do the work. But these environments will help us relax, help us refresh and get back hard into the work. May God help us. Number four, a good shepherd stays with the sheep. John chapter 10 verse 13, a good shepherd stays with the sheep, spends time with the sheep. John chapter 10 verse 13, the Bible said, the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But a good shepherd stays with the sheep. Now, what shows that you are a good shepherd is your ability to spend time with the sheep. In visitation, when you go and visit a sheep, you should not be in a hurry to come out. Visitation is not two minutes. Visitation is not three minutes. Visitation is not five minutes. The devil is making a lot of time for God's flock. And so, the church is losing many people to the schemes of the devil. But we need to engage the sheep. Some of them are going through a lot. Some of them, they just need someone to hear them. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's just listening. Some people are going through a whole lot of things. So the shepherd must go and spend time. Spend time. Write this down. You should not be in a hurry to get away from the sheep. Spend time with the sheep. Be there for them on special occasions and in difficult times. Now listen to me. If you are a shepherd, your sheep is celebrating a birthday, your sheep is going through a difficult time, you must quickly, don't say that all I need to do is to bring them to church to mark them. Find out. Celebrate with those who are celebrating. Mourn with those who are mourning. That's the true heart of shepherding. Don't ignore these important times in the life of the sheep. It's very important. It's very important. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let us build a community of love. Let people feel appreciated. If we don't do it here, the world will do it. And that's how people are worn into the world. Let's celebrate each other. Hallelujah. Number five, a good shepherd knows his sheep. We've said that already. 
John 10, 14, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Try and know your sheep. Hallelujah. Try and know your sheep. Let's show concern for each other. Let's show love for each other. Sometimes call your sheep, find out, have you eaten? Have you, um, how do you cope? How do you manage? How do you go about life? How's your academics? Let us be dynamic in shepherding. You may not be able to provide money, but you can provide counsel. Amen. But don't leave these areas bland. Talk to people. What, what do you want to do? You know, just recently I, I was having a meeting with uh, someone, one of my sheep in the church. And I said, um, why don't you consider schooling? Feathering your, your school. So because of the ministry. I said, no, you, the, you can still do the ministry and go to school. He said, okay, I want to go to this school. I said, no, go, to, go rather to this school. You know, by the time this gentleman left my presence, you could see that he's light. Because people have other needs besides the work of God that you are trying. Even though, you know, the work of God is good, but you need to be able to settle people so that they are motivated to do more. So bring up conversations around those areas. Are you learning something at all? Number six, a good shepherd is known by his sheep. I've said that you must, you must become real. You know, sometimes you are a shepherd, but you are a mystery. Your sheep has not seen you crying before. They've not seen you, you know. means that you are trying to give them an impression that you are Superman. Amen. Be real. Tell your neighbor, be real. Be real. Bible said that when Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus became hungry. If you are fasting, you are a shepherd, you go and visit your sheep. So how is the fasting going? Charlie, it's not easy. Don't behave like you are carnal. You are carnal. You... No. The person say it's not easy. You see, Charlie, it's the same here, but we are trying. We are, by the grace of God. Be real. You know, the reason why many people don't follow through to the end is that they don't see the real picture. People come to church, it's like things are plastic. Because you show them a lot of plastic. Then when they realize that they can't attain it, they begin to think that this thing is too much. Tell them the truth. Oh, let's go and pray at Lambano. Also, for this thing is difficult too. Don't go like you are canal. What is difficult about this? What is difficult about this? <laughs> you are right. It's not easy. It's not easy. Prayer is not easy. But you see, that's why God has given us grace. All of us. We are pushing. You give the person hope. You give the person hope. Amen. Bible says Jesus wept. 
Because he wanted the people to know that he's vulnerable also. Hallelujah. Jesus became hungry. Jesus slept. Jesus was tired and he wasn't preaching. He was sleeping. He was asleep. Where is Jesus? Wadakra. Jesus slept to the point where there were waves. And the Bible said the water entered the ship. And Jesus was asleep. When they call you in the morning, we all know you have prayed, Lambano, we call you. Hello. Don't pick the coin between Kapasha. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Look, if you wake up at 11 a.m., tell the sheep that, hey, Charlie, I just woke up. And now, family, so that the sheep also know that, oh, okay. Exactly. Are you here with me? Yes. Be real. Tell your neighbor, be real. We are all striving towards that mark. We are pushing. We are pushing. Hallelujah. Amen. A good shepherd keeps the church family together. John chapter 10 verse 12. The Bible said the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Write this down. One of your responsibilities as a shepherd, as a, a leader, as a good person, right? Good people don't set confusion among people. I'm telling you. Good people, number two, don't behave like hypocrites. You know, how do you behave like a hypocrite? You behave like a hypocrite when you are in an environment. And then someone comes to you, a party comes to you to say, oh, as for these people, they are some way. And then you begin to behave like, eh, is that so? Ah, I thought that these people, they are, eh, these people, I'll show them. You are behaving like a hypocrite. Amen. A leader must know that in every environment, there are issues. Well, that's, that's a knowledge that must prevail. There are those that major on issues. There are those that major on solutions. God has created us in such a way with the wisdom to become solutions to our world. Not to add to the problem. Some people major on problems too much. It is not a big deal that in a church there are issues here and there. It's not news. Even in heaven, the Bible said there was a big problem and that problem caused a war in heaven. So if today Russia is fighting Ukraine, it's, it's not news. There was war in heaven. If there's a problem in church, it, should, it shouldn't be, I mean, it shouldn't be news. But what we should aim at is a sense of God. We should aim at how can we make things better rather than how we get angry when we hear certain things. That's hypocrisy. Eh? The pastor spoke that way. Hey. You see, you are behaving like your uncle in your family has not spoken a certain way before. 
Are you here with me? You are behaving like in your workplace. Nobody has, you see, you make the whole thing look like it's so strange. The pastor is a human being, my dear. The pastor is a human being. He's a man of God, but before a man of God, he's first a man. Bible says Jesus got angry one day. He took a whip. He turned tables, and, but he was still Jesus. If one day you come to church, the pastor is angry. The pastor is firing. Why, why did you do this? But I say, hey, so if be a Marcosiano. Amen. It's normal. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So have this mindset. I am here. To bring the people together. Someone may come to you and say, oh, this pastor has done this to me. Instead of taking sides, think about the kingdom of God. Look, let us have a heart for God's kingdom. It is a heart that is greater than any problem around. You tell the person, oh, calm down. Maybe, maybe he was hungry. Maybe he doesn't have money. Maybe he's frustrated. You know. You see, if you're a good person, you make excuses for people. Are you here with me at all? A bad person always wants to feed off negative things. You see that? And so because of that, many people have been discouraged in the work of God. In this work, there will be issues. Write this down. Write this down. A shepherd does not scatter people. A shepherd gathers people. A shepherd does not scatter people. A shepherd gathers people. Also write this down. The longer a group of people stay together in one environment, the easier it is for them to step on the toes of each other. The longer a group of people stay together in one environment, the easier it is for them to step on the toes of each other. So after we have been together for a long time, you begin to realize that it is easy for me to offend you and it is easy for you to offend me. However, we make a decision. We are not scatterers, we are gatherers. Our ultimate motivation is love. So the closer we become, the more we deny ourselves. Praise the Lord Jesus. Don't let your words drive people away. Let your words bring people together. And God will richly bless you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Write this down. As a shepherd, don't take sides easily. Don't take sides easily. If you want to be a good leader, when someone comes to report someone to you, don't jump to conclusion. People are wicked. People are what? Wicked. And particularly in a church setup, people want favors with certain people. People may present a case in a way that will make others look so bad. If you are wise, hear the side of the other person. I'm telling you, let your heart not react quickly. 
An act of wisdom is patience. Being able to hear a matter and being able to judge a matter. The Bible says that he who is spiritual judges all things. And in judgment, there is balance. Find out why the other person did what they did. Praise the Lord Jesus. Don't take sides easily. When someone reports something to you, oh, this person did this thing. Don't just quickly get angry and say, why did you do this thing? They said they, they, they called you. You didn't pick your phone. They, don't do that. Call the other person too. I heard they called you, didn't pick your phone. What happened? Oh, please, my phone was not by me. So it wasn't intentional. Oh, I won't do that. Take them for their word. Explain to the other person. Bring, be a unifier. Don't quickly say, oh, that boy, son or two, you are dividing people. You are dividing the church of God. Hallelujah. Don't divide. Write this down. As a shepherd, don't gossip. <laughs> As a shepherd, don't do what? Don't gossip. Some people enjoy gossiping more than so winning. Yes. They enjoy gossiping. You send two people out, they will never speak to a soul. They will speak to themselves till the time is up, then they will come. And half of the content is gossiping. Gossiping. People never give. They talk about those who are giving. Hallelujah. People never pray. They talk about how somebody is praying. You two people meet and they are talking about somebody's prayer. Say, the way all bomb And then they begin to laugh. <laughs> then they begin to memorize some people's tongues and they begin to. And then some people can gossip and say that that tongues now all kind of cry. Yeah, original, yeah, correct. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, stop the gossip. Someone can get up, is about to sow a seed, and you see two people, they won't get up and sow a seed, they won't give, and then they are gossiping. So, wait, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Are you in somebody's pocket? Stop the gossiping. You know, this is what, you know, you, sometimes you gossip, someone hears it. The person you gossip about can hear it and their faith is destroyed. Because the person says, ah, you are a leader and you can gossip about me. I won't go to church again. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. If you want to gossip, gossip about Jesus Christ. Talk about how he went to Mary's home, went to Martha's home, went to eat. Talk about Jesus Christ. Are you here with me at all? Yes. Next thing, write this down. Don't destroy the relationship of others. As a shepherd, don't destroy the relationship of who? Others. You can easily destroy the relationship of others. There are many good friends who are no more good friends because a shepherd got in between them. 
don't do that. Don't be saying bad things about others to people who love them. Shepherds don't do that. Be a unifier. Bring people together. When people talk about bad things about the church, about leaders, encourage them. Encourage them. Many of these people, when you discourage them, they fall back into the hands of the devil and they are destroyed. No matter how bad a church is, it's better than a club. I'm telling you. No matter how bad a church is, it is better than a club. See the good in what we are doing. Become a unifier. Hallelujah. Build the church of God. Become an example. Set an example. Become a good shepherd. Care for others. Raise others up. Encourage others. Help people who cannot pray to pray. Help people who cannot study their Bible to study. Help people who are not preaching the gospel to preach. Be the leader. Help people who are not giving to give. God needs shepherds to raise his people for this end time agenda. And you are the only hope. You are the leader. You are the light. Take your place. Ask yourself, why are you here? You know, Mordecai told Esther, you are here for such a time as this. Do you know that you are irreplaceable? There's a work God has given you here. No one can do it. And before you leave, you are expected not only to do the work, but to raise an army of people. Let's inspire each other onto good works. Yesterday we visited a pastor and he said, some church members came to his home and they saw where he was living and they said the place is too small he said well I like it that's, that's what I, 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 I that's, that's what I like he said no he said three church members looked for a land bought the land built a house and told the pastor move here we don't like where you are staying now the purpose of that kind of thing is that you see, they have set a strain in motion. It's a legacy. I'm telling you, it's a legacy. And anywhere this will be mentioned, that's why Jesus told the people, don't stop her. Don't stop her. She's breaking an alabaster box on my feet. You know, the next day I'll wipe it. I'll wipe it. It's not like I need perfume on my feet. That's not the point. But it is needed to be done so that people can actually value the things of God. He said, wherever my name will be mentioned, this will also be mentioned as a memorial. So there are things that are memorials in the kingdom of God. And generations will come and hear it and it will stir up something. There will be a continuation. What you didn't see your father do is difficult for you to do. What you didn't see your mother do is very difficult for you to do. But if they created a certain template, you stand on their shoulder, you will do more. Be that example. Be that light. Be that light. Are you here with me at all? Among your friends, be that example. 
be the one that prays the most. Be the one that gives the most. It should be an open secret. It should be an open secret. It is said that John D. Rockefeller gave $500 million to the advancement of the gospel. How did they know? He was keeping record. It was an agenda. 18th century. 200 years ago. In the 18th century. He gave $500 million. Even today. How much is $500 million? 200 years ago. The man's total contribution to the advancement of God's kingdom. Was $500 million. And before he died. He said it's a shame for a rich man to die rich. It's a shame for a rich man. He emptied himself for the advancement of God's kingdom. It's a legacy. I've read the Bible many times, but he's one man that stirred up a certain passion to want to be relevant in a certain way. I always told myself, in every church that I'll go to, I'll be the biggest giver. In offerings, in tithe, when I'm going to church, I'll make sure that in that service, my offering is the best. There's a way to think like that. And when you do that, it's easy to have authority to speak like that. Hallelujah. Be an example. Be a good shepherd. Lay your life down for the sheep. And God will bless you.